Welcome. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing well. We should uh, probably explain who we are and, and what we're doing here. Uh, my, my name's Hunter, and um, I've got a trip to Macau in March of 2019, and uh, looking forward to talking about it a little bit. What about you? Uh, what about you, Eric? Are you, are you going to Macau in March? I am going to Macau in March. Funny how these things come together. <laughs> it's amazing that uh, I just randomly called you guys up, and we seem to be all going to the same place. You're good. How did that happen? <laughs> How did that happen? And who's our third caller today? Uh, this is Han from Chicago. And are you going to Macau in March? Yes, I am. I've planned this, I don't know, like six months ago. I don't know. It's kind of crazy now. Well, that you're actually the, uh, all kidding aside, you were actually the impetus for um, my timing. So I have been to Macau twice in June of 2016 and January of 2017, and I knew that I wanted to go back, and I was trying to figure out when. Uh, 2018, I was hopeful I could do it this year, but it didn't really work. And so then I was looking at 19, and you had mentioned that you were going to go, and I figured, well, if I'm going to go by myself, which was my original plan, which we can talk about, I guess, I should be better to go when I'm not like the only person I know in the area. So maybe I can make it work. And when you told me your dates, it actually worked perfectly for me. And so um, ended up booking that. Yeah, I, I timed it perfectly so there wouldn't be no Apple conferences or anything <laughs> like that. So. Indeed. Well, you never know. They sometimes do have an event in uh, the spring. So, But we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Macau is more important. Um, but Eric, what about you? So how did you, I know a little bit more about Han because he and I have talked about it, but I don't know your uh, sort of origin story when it comes to this trip. So it's not that different from yours. Um, I, you've been before, so I have been uh, wanting to take a trip. I've never been before. Um, and I don't have a lot of friends that want to make this journey. Um Han and I have been friends for a number of years, and uh, he had mentioned to me that he was going, and the dates fit, and that never happens. So when the dates fit, and Han was going, and I knew I wouldn't be, um, you know, solo Westerner traveling through Macau, um, I thought, what better time than now? You guys would have been fine doing it solo, honestly. You know. So you have been solo, right? Or yes. you went with your wife, or both? No, the first time in August 2016, I went for the the palace opening, and you guys were cool enough to bring me on stage at, I believe, the last FIMF, mm-hmm. uh, and I was able to talk about it a little bit there. And I did go with my wife then. That was the first trip. And then I went on a second trip in February of this year, 2018, and it was just a brief, like, day-and-a-half trip. And I went there mainly to see the new MGM Kotai. And that was pretty cool. And I actually... More than that, I got to meet uh, Lino for the first time, and that was really cool. That guy's a really cool cat. He he is a cool cat, and uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to meet up with him uh, on this trip, too, because he's a lot of fun. And I don't know, there's something about being able to hang out there with somebody that lives there. You get um, a, a lot of extra insight into the place and, and all that. So Yeah, absolutely. I guess, Eric, I'll ask you again. So you haven't been before. Mm-hmm. Have you wanted to go for some time? Yeah. So, you know, I had followed 88 Days 
and you know you guys had uh, piqued my interest. Um, I've been going to Vegas a lot lately. The last couple of years have been uh, very high volume for an East Coaster. And I miss that wanting to explore and see new things, and I don't have that in Vegas anymore. So right. this is almost the, I don't know if it's the logical next step, but at least to me, it's the logical next step uh, to put myself uh, in a new place where, you know, actually just looking around is exciting again. What, Eric, you don't want to see the new Palace Station? You don't want to see the renovations there? <laughs> I did see the new Palace Station. It didn't oh, work no. out so well for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely different, and I think you will immediately uh, experience that. Have you ever been to Southeast Asia at all before? I've never been to Asia at all. Yeah, okay, that was my that was my spot when I went for the first time in 2016, and so it was all, all new to me, and uh, it was quite eye-opening yeah you know interestingly enough i have a brother-in-law that lives in south korea and for years he's been trying to get me you know to come visit get my family to come visit and i didn't want to because of the differences and now you know i'm going for the differences so it's yeah it's it's a different scenario and what was once puzzling is now exciting so one of the interesting wrinkles to this whole thing is Originally, when I planned this trip, I thought I would be going by myself. Um, that was my plan. Uh, but it turns out, a couple of weeks after I, I guess maybe two weeks after I booked, I was talking with my wife, who has never expressed any interest in visiting um, Hong Kong or Macau. Uh, she kind of just said, hey, you know, I think I'd like to go. And I was shocked. <laughs> um, because it doesn't really seem like her thing. But... Um, I I was intrigued and so I just went and looked and like yes I could get her on the same flight I was on and you know obviously plenty of room in all the hotels and whatever so that's not an issue uh, and so my wife is going to be coming along with me which wasn't part of the plan but I think it's going to be fun because she's never been to that part of the world either and so it'll be a whole new experience for her as well which would be pretty cool. Well, that's very cool. Uh, my my wife loved it over there. Uh, I mean I think she liked Hong Kong more actually to be frank but. Um, the hotels there are really nice, and you're going to be staying in some fancy ones, so I think she'll enjoy herself. I hope so. Um, it's definitely going to be uh, interesting to see how that all goes down. And we, um, I don't know, we can talk about sort of how we're getting there and and if we're transiting through Hong Kong and if we're staying in Hong Kong or any of that stuff. But um, we are not really, I mean, we're, we, we are flying into Hong Kong International and then from L.A., and then we'll be making our way to uh, to Macau pretty much immediately. We don't have any nights booked in Hong Kong. So it's a question about on the way back, which we can talk about. But we'll be basically heading there right when we when we arrive. Have you timed it so that you get there for the Skype here, like, perfectly, or no? <laughs> no. We, uh, unfortunately, it's similar-ish to my last trip, where we're going to get there at, like, 7 in the morning, Hong Kong time, which is, I believe, um, at least a few hours before uh, the Skype here starts operating. I think it's what ten or ten thirty or eleven or something. Um, and you, I don't know. I, I'm very impatient. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you could take a bus over. I don't know. Maybe you'll be ready by then. Well, we should talk about that. Yeah. Because there is a new, a new way 
to get there, which um, is wasn't available before. So traditionally, you know, you can fly. I mean, you can fly to Macau, but as far as I know, not from the United States. I think if you wanted to fly into Macau, you have to be somewhere in Asia and fly uh, a shorter route. So I think, you know, most people fly to Hong Kong and then they would take a ferry to, um, to, to Macau. But as of what, a month ago, two months ago, I can't remember exactly when it opened. Um, there's the new mega bridge that is now lets you go from Hong Kong to Macau, um, and the Zuhai. And it's, uh, it sounds interesting, though the stuff that I've read makes it sound like maybe not go that way. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a cluster so far. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to ask Lino what, what's up when we get closer to the time. Yeah, I mean, I it, it may be one of those things that, you know, as it's just started, um, it is terrible now, but they'll figure it out over the next couple of months. But definitely right now, we're planning to take the ferry. I mean, it just seems like... We, I sort of, I've done it twice. I know how it works. That's just the easy way to go. Yeah, so I, I think I'm going to do the same thing, uh, except I'm going to be coming in after doing a bunch of other stuff in the region. And I, w- I won't go into that too much unless you guys want to know about it. But basically, I'll be coming into Hong Kong as well and, and probably doing the same thing. I don't think I can time it where I can take the Skype here over, unfortunately. Uh, I did that on my last trip, and that was a seamless travel. I mean, they make it really easy for you if you can time it right. We did Skype here on the way back, and it was awesome. I mean, I wish I could do it just because it was so much easier. It's just like skipping the step, and you don't even go through Hong Kong customs. You kind of just get to go straight through. Uh, but And maybe I'll get to, well, no, we should talk about my return because I am actually might get some um, uh, advice from you guys. But I don't think I'm going to get to use it either way in this case, which is kind of unfortunate. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I'm not that knowledgeable, to be honest, about the Skype here, but that uh, that was my assumption going in that that would be something I would just be able to do. The it's it's great if the your times line up, uh, but it it doesn't go early in the morning. And at least um, if you fly from California, a lot of our flights are like nighttime flights. So you leave L.A. or San Francisco at like midnight, and you fly all night, and you get there in the morning, like two days, five days later, or however long, <laughs> however long it takes, <laughs> mm-hmm. plus the time change. Um, but, uh, and so in, in that case, you get there too early for the Skype here. Um, and so last time when we flew out, we didn't get to use it. And this time I don't think I will either, but, but we flew, when we came back, we came through it and it was, for whatever reason, it's weird. You can leave Macau really early in the morning and use the Skype here. Like they sail from Macau to Hong Kong at like six in the morning but they don't sail from Hong Kong to Macau until like 10 or 10.30 or whatever it is. It's odd. No, that's, that's annoying. You know, I, with Eric, I, I, I promised him as part of kind of coaxing him to come that I would come back to Hong Kong to guide him all the way back to Macau if necessary. And, I, and, and you know, it's really not that big a deal. Like people think, you know, going back and forth is like a uh, huge deal, but it's really not. I, I, I found it to be kind of fun, actually, riding the jet foils. I I thought it was straightforward. I mean, the first time, obviously, I had no idea what I was doing. But, um, well, let's see. The first time we flew into MFM, so that's not true. Uh, but the second time coming back through, it was easy. I mean, we we basically did what 
Well, I know you wrote about it in that VT article you did. I can't remember on which one you actually, or which route you did, or maybe you did all of them at different times. But um, yeah, I mean, we basically took the, the airport express train from Hong Kong International into Central and then walked through the mall <laughs> and uh, got on the ferry. It was a little weird to walk through a mall with your luggage, but it was easy. <laughs> Yeah, that's the part that I think people get hung up on, like getting through that mall. And it is a bit of a maze. Uh, but there are actually YouTube videos out there that show you how to take the path through the mall. Like some guy actually walks through the mall with a camera and shows you like step by step what to do. Um, even so, it can still be a little bit confusing. And that's why I did the piece for Macau Tripping when I did. Um, yeah, and I'm willing to come back to get Eric. I, I don't want him to get lost in, you know, somewhere in Hong I, Kong. You know, Han, the more I read about it, the more I think I, I can handle it. I I greatly appreciate the offer, and uh, it probably was what put me over the top to say, all right, let's do it. But I, I think I got this. I think we're fine. Han, when did you start planning this trip? Uh, how long ago? Because when was the last time that you went? Yeah, so I went in February of this year 2018 and and it was just part of it was like a side trip on a bigger trip to singapore and after i did that trip i was like oh you know what i really want to spend more time here i was only there like 36 hours and i was like uh i I really need to get back here and there and i knew the bridge was opening and i was kind of getting excited about that i thought there was an outside chance that lisboa palace would be open by this uh, by March 2019, but I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately. So, anyway, I, I really started planning when I was um, in Dubai last summer. Uh, I was doing some crazy air uh, premium air travel in the region, and I just kind of wanted to do more. Uh, I mean, I was really inspired by Chuck and also by Mike E. Uh, and a bunch of other travel bloggers out there who are talking about like flying first class and business class. And I wanted to make this trip like combine premium travel plus staying in Macau. And uh, the genesis was last summer. That's a whole other sidebar area that I would love to pick your brain about. And I think maybe Eric, you know some about something about this stuff too, but the whole idea of like getting upgrades and flying in you know the front of the plane versus the very last seat which is where i usually end up um i'm well i'm mostly kidding but it's uh i mean that's that that's a world that i am just not very familiar with i mean i'll read uh posts here and there that little get posted to twitter or whatever but uh, i'm definitely no expert and after reading the epic like Abu Dhabi, everywhere else that you went, Han, it was like amazing to see how you parlayed all of this stuff to create this trip. It was kind of blow away. Yeah, if you start reading blogs like One Mile at a Time, uh, Points Guy, a bunch of other bloggers out there, God Save the Points, you can start picking up tricks. And actually what I did was very straightforward. You open a bunch of credit cards, earn the bonus miles, and then you start learning how to apply them. And uh, so I'm going to be flying business class to uh, Manila first, and then I'm going to be flying around the region on Singapore Air first class just to try that product. Uh, Anybody can do it. If I can do it, certainly you can, Hunter. And fortunately, you have a comp and uh, Miles Master here with Eric. He he knows the stuff inside out, and he can definitely help you uh, do this stuff if you want. 
so this this has been um, uh, half the fun if you like this stuff is piecing together <laughs> what the award travel looks like and kind of how to make it happen and you know my personal calendar was open on the dates that we discussed but the award space was available on the dates that we discussed as well so um i'm flying uh in i've got uh business in uh on lufthansa um going into munich and i'm going to spend a day in munich before i move on to hong kong Nice. Um, yeah, and again, like the way that that worked together, it's a nice product. It's going to be a good time, and there was Saver Award availability, which means I didn't have to spend an awful lot of miles to make the trip happen. And uh, you know, Hunter, we've we've met a couple of times, but I don't yeah. know if you uh, if you remember what I look like. I don't fit okay. well. Okay, I don't fit well in an economy seat, <laughs> and for for a very long period of time that that would not work well for me. So, you know, that's like another, uh, I guess, aspect of the trip, right? Like you want to be able to enjoy the flight and you want to be able to arrive not feeling like um, uh, less than you would like to. I guess I'll leave it at that. And just everything pieced together. So right now we're on American out of LA and we're in like their second to worst uh, seat in seat product in the plane. I don't know anything about the details of this stuff really. Um, the la- we went to London a year ago um, on United and ended up getting up into business class, which was great. And f- of course, forever spoiled my wife, especially about <laughs> ever going on a long plane flight where you, what a bed's not included. That seemed like it should be standard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, this is going to be interesting. Both of the trips that I took previously was in just a totally normal economy seat, uh, which, of course, was miserable, um, but, you know, survived. Uh, and that may be the way it ends up again here. But, yeah, no, um, it's not fun when you're on a, what, 15-hour flight and you're at hour 10 and you're like, can I please, is this door open? Can I, I need to exit now because I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter, I did the similar trip when I went to Singapore last year. I mean, it was such a good deal. I, I got round trip for under $400 per per, uh, per ticket. So I had to jump on that. And it was economy, and it did uh, – it, it left a lot uh, in terms of comfort. But, you know, you, uh, you, you cut, corners, cut corners where you can, and that's, where I, you know, that's what I did. It was, it's okay. It's just, it depends on where you want to spend your money. Well, I mean, yeah, I, you know, not uh, having the sort of professional acumen and the the whole points travel benefit stuff. Like if I just want to pay American for a a first class or business class seat, it's like, oh, have a, you know, here's $10,000. It's like, "Hmm, that doesn't sound like such a great investment. So (laughs) I'll be miserable for a little for a few hours. Yeah. When we were pricing it, so originally my wife was going to be joining me and it just, it did not work. So she won't be joining me. But when we were pricing these tickets out from a revenue perspective, it was like $8,600 a person. And that puts a damper on the gambling bankroll. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, uh, there's a, uh, there's a art and a, a skill to making these kinds of things work. Um, and if you spend a little bit of time with us, uh, in Macau, I think your next trip, uh, you know, you won't be paying anything for the airfare. 
Well, honestly, I, I would like to learn more about this stuff because I do like to travel and it seems like um, with sort of the right knowledge, you can actually take advantage of quite a bit. I'm sure I'm leaving a lot of sort of, I'm using air quotes, which are good on a podcast, but money on the table um, in terms of that stuff, just because I don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, but uh, I don't even really know where to start. So yes, I would love to pick your guys' brains about that stuff. Han, you were saying you're doing some other travel in the region before you go. How long is your whole trip? My whole trip is about two weeks. And okay. fortunately, my employer is allowing that. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you know, I'm starting out on, uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember. I actually, I'm taking JL business class, going to Tokyo, just transferring there and heading to Manila. I'm going to be in Manila for two days, trying to check out the Okada. Uh, I don't know if you have any interest in that or curiosity. About a little that. bit. I mean, yeah. of course, sort of, because for those that don't know, Okada was a co-founder of a little company called Wind Resorts Limited, um, was really the first big money. I mean, Steve Wynn brought him in to co-finance the initial stuff before they went public or opened any pro ever properties, um, was unceremoniously shoved out of the company with some, I mean, depending on who you ask, either completely legitimate or completely shady tactics. Mm. Um, and his shares were redeemed and he's got kicked out and then he goes and is building stuff in other places, right? But I've only seen pictures, but some of them looked very, like, Win-y designs. Yes, very Win-esque, I would have to say. Yeah, yeah it, 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 the, the pink in those rooms is a little, uh, it's not as quite as appealing as, as the deep reds in, in Win's places, but... Anyway, I'm hoping to check that out. Right now, availability is slim, but at least I will check out the casino. And then and then I'm going to be flying through uh, China and on my way to Singapore to try um, Singapore Air First Class, and the, both the old version and the new version. Uh, I won't go into that too deeply because this is really about Macau, but you know, I'm, I'm trying that to see what this uh, new First Class product is all about. Uh, and then in Singapore, I'm going to be there like two days, but I've been there before. It's fine. You know, Hunter, I showed you some of those photos and you said it was kind of boring. And it, it quite frankly, it is. Uh, yeah. Except for the rooftop pool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. 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 I mean, that seems like a must do. That seems like one of those things that probably like never really loses its luster just because it's such a stunning view. Um, but yeah, I do remember the photos that you shared. I was kind of like, eh. Okay. Even for Sands, it seemed like kind of a little bit meh. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not usually that impressed by their stuff anyway. But I've never been to Singapore, and I still would very much like to go someday. No, it's definitely worth a visit. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to go there, eat some food, and then just, you know, it's kind of like, again, just to try that first-class product. And then I'll be coming back through Beijing and then on to Hong Kong. And I might stay a night in Hong Kong. I'm still not sure yet. Um, you know, the plans are still in gestation mode. We should talk about the the main course, um, Macau itself. I mean, I think anybody that is potentially listening along, they're wondering about the different hotels and what they're like, and uh, you know where if they were going to go, where they should stay. And I think we've you know there's a lot of people that. I have been to Vegas many, many times and are curious about how it compares. I think that's all stuff that we could talk about. Um, I, I'll just say for me, I, you know, part of this was fun. I get to sit down and I'm like, where do I want to stay? So I, 
haven't been for since um, the beginning of 2017. And so when I was there last, the uh, when I was there last, Wind Palace was really the centerpiece of my trip because we had tried to go for what we thought was going to be the opening in June of 16. They delayed it after we booked, and then we, it was impossible to change. So we stuck with that trip, but we couldn't visit Wind Palace because it wasn't open. It was really not ready, so it's a good thing they delayed it. Um, but 17 really focused on Wind Palace, and then since then, other stuff has opened, right? So you mentioned MGM Kotai, which I have not been to, and was going to stay there, and now I'm not. We can talk about that, I guess. Uh, but the other one is the Morpheus Tower at City of Dreams, which I'm pretty excited about just because it's such, in my opinion, it's such an interesting building. Um, and that wasn't open when I was there last either. Uh, last trip, Parisian was open, didn't stay there. Um, I've still never stayed at Galaxy. And so all of this stuff I was trying to figure out, you know, where do I want to stay? And I, I'm happy to reveal my choices, but I'm just curious um, about you guys, uh, you know, Han, as far as what you're choosing, and then Eric, you've never been there before, so what's important to you in a room, and like, what, are you wanting to stay at certain places, are you staying, are you optimizing for, for uh, offers and points and that stuff, or how do you, how are you picking, I guess, Eric, I'd love to ask you that question, and then Han, um, we can commiserate on what we've done and haven't done before. Uh, when it comes to the hotel product, I'm very much the ugly American. I I, I want I want the hotel to be uh, as similar to what I'm used to as possible. I'm willing to be completely immersed in the culture outside of the room, but I want a room to come back to that won't be an issue. Makes sense. Right. So um, I use American Express Fine Hotels and Resorts. They give you all sorts of extra perks and benefits that goes with the hotel room. And the rooms there I have tentatively booked are uh, Four Seasons, Mandarin Oriental, and St. Regis. And I saved one night for Wind Palace because, well, y you've piqued my interest. So <laughs> it's really... Uh, it's really your fault that I'm uh, staying there. And I, oh, no. And I, and I thank you for that. I, maybe maybe your fault isn't the right way to say it. But that was the one piece that I wanted to put in there. And everything else, I just go through American Express because I don't have to worry about the booking. I know what I'm going to get. If there are any issues, you know, I I don't have to deal with the property directly. It's, you know, I've I've got somebody on my side who definitely speaks my language. Um, and it might be a punk way to do it, right? Like if you're really trying to explore, you know, maybe this isn't the best way to do it and it's probably not the cheapest way to do it, but I know I'm going to get a good hotel room. And if there are any surprises, I've got, you know, somebody on my side. No, I, that totally makes sense to me actually. And as, as far as like, it's not like there are a ton of, I mean, there are f a few brands that are uniquely operating in the market, like, you know, Studio City or the Galaxy folks. Um, but there's a lot of American brands too, right? I mean, there's Wynn and Sands and like, you know, those folks, you stay at those places. You, if you go into a, a Wynn Macau room and turn away from the window and just look at the room, you could easily be in Las Vegas and would never know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very very familiar in many ways, and then of course everything else is totally different. But um, it is uh, interesting to, uh, to 
experience those both the similarities and those differences. And as far as like having a sort of home base that uh, feels familiar and just like I I'm, I'd love to go experiment out here, but in here I just don't want any BS. Like I get that that makes sense to me. Yep. Um, Han, what about you? I mean, you have been before, you're picking places. How are you picking, and are you willing to say where you're going to stay? Yeah, yeah. I have booked one night at Morpheus. It is very expensive to stay at Morpheus. <laughs> uh, it's more expensive than, I think, the Ritz-Carlton, or, or rivals that. And then I also stayed at, uh, what's the other one at Galaxy? The Banyan Tree. I also stayed there. Those are all very expensive places to stay, but if I'm going to go all the way over there, I'm definitely going to spend at least one night in Morpheus. So uh, I've booked that for sure, and then I'm actually going to stay in my last night. It's on a Friday night, and that's when things start picking up. The rates start uh, going up. I'm going to stay at the Countdown uh, on my last Friday in town. Now, I haven't booked anything else yet. Everything's. I think I got three or four nights still open. I'm... I'm kind of betting that Macau conditions are going to sink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of waiting for fourth quarter results to post and then, or, or, you know, maybe there'll be some Christmas sales or something. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll, I'll fill in the rest after that. But so only, so only really two nights that I've booked so far. I've wondered about that too, because you know, the, especially the law, the, um, excuse me, the American casino companies that have, Places in Macau, you know, they've had a couple of rough quarters and they've talked about, um, you know, the Macau market and it being maybe going through a period of softness. So I remember making a joke after the last, I think it was the last win conference call being like, yes, please tank Macau. I want deals. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that sounds mean, but, um, you know, it, it will be interesting to see if any of that is reflected in some better pricing on some of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, the stuff on the peninsula, like the Macau stuff on, on I'm sorry, the wind stuff on the peninsula tends to be pretty expensive. I mean, I think it's because of the limited rooms, and uh, they probably bring in a lot of big players. So, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure if I want to pay over 200 to stay in those, especially when the rooms, like you said, are so similar to the ones in yeah. Vegas. Um, but if you want to have that wind service sort of experience, or if that's your uh, that's in your wheelhouse. I, I, you know, I wouldn't blame anyone for for staying there. Yeah, it. I would say. I think it would be fair to say it's in my wheelhouse. So, um, when I was going by myself, I had one itinerary, and now that I'm going with my wife, I have a different itinerary. <laughs> um, the original itinerary was um, I was willing to move around more. Um, basically, the way it was originally set up was to come in from Hong Kong. Stay two nights at Wynn Macau, which, as you said, is totally true, um, especially the standard rooms there are very, very similar to the Las Vegas room. So if you're looking for something different, that won't get it for you. Um, the suites and other bigger rooms are amazing. We got to do a tour last time or one of these times. My trips have blended together in my mind. But I got mm. to do a tour and we saw all the different room products. And they have some amazing, super huge suites, but they're super, super expensive. Um, or you have to, you know, lose all your money in the casino. So, um, <laughs> unless you're willing to do one of those things, uh, if you're going to stay in one of the standard rooms, they're very similar to Vegas. And honestly, they are probably in need of a renovation. I mean, they are in good, really good shape, at least the last time I was there, but feel kind of old. 
um, just in terms of the, the decor, because they they seem like they're close to what they were when they opened in terms of design look. So I presume that they'll renovate those at some point, but as far as I know, they, they haven't yet. Um, but I really like the peninsula and I wanted to, A, I wanted to explore the peninsula and B, after a super long flight, I didn't want to check into a hotel, then, you know, inevitably wake up at four in the morning because of jet lag and then have to check out that next day and go someplace else. So I really wanted to be two day, two nights in one spot to start. And so I, I had picked Win Macau. Um, and I'm st I kept that because I think my wife will like it. She likes Wayne in Vegas, and it'll be fun to walk around um, the peninsula and check out, you know, some of the sites and stuff, which are um, which are fun to see. So that's the first hotel, um, and then I knew I wanted to go back to Wynn Palace, and so originally um, I had just one night at Wynn Palace, and um, this is the thing that I changed. So originally I was going to then. After the two nights uh, on the peninsula, I was going to move to Kotai and do um, MGM, Wind Palace, Morpheus. Um, and what I ended up doing after we, after my wife decided to come along is I, we you know, said, I'm not sure that we want to move around quite so much. And I posted on Facebook, and I'm trying to figure out if I need to stay at MGM Kotai or not. And got a couple of comments basically saying, yeah, you should go visit, but I don't think you need to stay there. And I have been, I have stayed at the MGM property on the peninsula, and it was fine. Um, but what I ended up doing was cutting uh, MGM Kotai. And so we're doing two nights at Wind Macau, two nights at Wind Palace, um, and then we're going to go to Morpheus. And as you said, yeah, Morpheus is like super, super expensive. But I'm glad to stay there for at least a night just to check it out because it seems like it should be pretty cool to see what it's all about. So willing to do that. I thought about Galaxy because the first trip I was supposed to stay there and they lost my reservation or goaded it or something happened. And I ended up not staying there and uh, had to book a last minute room at uh, City of Dreams to have a place to stay. Um, but I didn't do Galaxy this time either. But I am super... Galaxy to me is like... Uh, I've realized I'm sort of rambling here. But Galaxy to me is super interesting because uh, it's like one of those operators that most of the Vegas people have never had inter any interaction with. And like that hotel is amazing. It's got all these different hotel brands. They're all you know ranging from nice to super, super nice. It's got um, that incredible uh, Ritz-Carlton bar on the top floor, plus that lobby has these incredible views. It's got like this whole Mandalay Bay-esque pool complex thing. Um, it's just, it's got a, a, a huge mall with all kinds of stuff. It's just, it's, it's a pretty cool hotel. And um, I still haven't gotten to stay there, so I'm hoping one of these days, I guess it'll be the next trip, but uh, I'd like to book there too someday. You know, you mentioned the, the pool hunter. Um, is this going to be pool weather? Well, I wondered about that. I've been trying to figure out what March is like. So I've only been twice. January, well, January was warm. June was brutal. So I presume it'll be halfway between warm and brutal. <laughs> um, so probably, I, I assume it'll be definitely warm enough. I mean, it seems like looking at the historical weather, it'll be like uh you know high 70s with fairly high humidity maybe low 80s depending on if it is 
hotter than normal. So yeah, it seems like it definitely could be a cool thing if you're up for it. All right, that's cool. I mean, it's yeah. not normally the the first thing I pencil in on the itinerary, but but if it works, it works. One of the things that we realized last time was, you know, um, unlike Las Vegas, which is very much like a drinking culture, Macau is not. Um, there are definitely bars and and whatnot, but you know they're like open at night. Whereas if in Las Vegas, if you want to get a beer at like noon, it's very easy to do. Um, but uh, um, in what we noticed about at least at Wind Palace is if you are a uh, alcoholic American that wants a beer before uh, five p.m., you can go to the pool bar, <laughs> <laughs> which seemed to be open all the time. <laughs> Okay. Uh, not imperative, but but good good to know. I'll leave it at good to know. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping. I so I talked about this quite a bit on the 88 podcast, I think. But I am. I don't know. I don't like the super hot weather. I melted completely both times, especially the first trip, June of 2016. It was just so hot, and it was so humid. And, you know, we were out doing stuff and just, you, I, it's like, I, I, you know, I don't live on the East Coast anymore. I did for, in um, my teenage years, I lived in Northern Virginia for a year. And so it was sort of felt like that, right, where I would go out in the summertime to mow the lawn and five minutes in, I was completely drenched because it was so humid. And that's what Macau felt like too for a lot of the time. Plus it's, you know, quite hot, so. I don't know. Not used to it. My thin skin California blood can't handle it. <laughs> uh, when I was there in February of 2018, which is pretty close to when, you know, March, February, pretty close, uh, it, it was fine. It, it was overcast, but, you know, the temperature wise, it was nothing like when, you know, you're going in June or August. It, you know, it, it's very doable, quite pleasant. I think I, I, I would go so far to say I would no, not go back in the summer. Um, it's, I mean, I, you know, if someone said, hey, I've got my private jet on standby, do you want to go to Macau? I'd be like, okay, let's go. But I would, if I had to, cho- if I was able to choose, it's, it's really hot in the summer. And if you want to do anything that's outside, it's kind of super stifling. So I personally would avoid it. I'm hoping that March will be, you know, sort of temperate middle. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it will be. I think it will be totally fine. I, I, I hope it's warm enough to go swimming because I kind of want to check out some of the swimming pools in these places. But, you know, if not, it's okay. The last time that we were at Palace, the pool was drained. <laughs> I guess it was funny. You know, the whole Wind Palace thing I thought was interesting because um, on that June trip, you know, the original opening date was like June 25th or something like that. And... Um, when we were there, it was super clear they weren't anywhere near ready. I mean, there was just construction people swarming all over, scaffolding up all, all over, kinds of stuff. Uh, coming back in, and actually, I'd love to hear from you, Han, what you because you were there at the opening. But coming back, you know, six months later, there was still a bunch of stuff under construction. It was much smaller footprint, but there was still stuff that they were working on. And like I said, the pool, I guess, ha- had been filled, and then I guess was leaking or something, and they drained it, and they were fixing it. Um, so. Definitely, they had some construction issues. When you were there uh, at the opening, was there a bunch of stuff that they were working on, or did it seem pretty? Uh, no, they were working on some things, but I mean, I wasn't really paying that close attention like you were. Honestly, uh, it, it was just kind of a spectacle. Uh, you know, just tons of people walking around, checking out new stuff, and but you know, it, it's funny. Like, Wind Palace is pretty small if you think about it. 
you know yeah. you know it looks big from the outside but once you're, you're you're in there it's just kind of like the square and you walk around and then the casino's in the middle right so yeah i don't know i, I wasn't looking for flaws i was just trying to revel in the gorgeousness of it it is interesting that it is smaller than you might think and this is the thing with a lot of these macau places that is a little bit foreign to i think uh, constant Vegas goers. You know, in, in Vegas, of course, there is a lot of private VIP gaming. Like, you you can walk into the Baccarat room at Wynn. They won't, they might look at you funny. They won't necessarily stop you. It's like semi-open to the public. Um, but in Macau, there's a ton of gaming space that it's like basically behind closed doors. Oh, yeah. um, and if you are not a member of a junket or... If it, you know, you're not in, you know, win chairman club or whatever other <laughs> thing they have, there's a lot of gaming space that is just walled off to you that you never get to see. Were you able to like sneak a peek or something? I, you know, I tried to, but I, I just never could get past anybody. So I did a little bit. I mean, I was always, I wasn't sure how bold I could be. <laughs> like I, you know, in like in Vegas, I wouldn't worry too much. I would be like, just play the, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. Sorry. Um, <laughs> But I'm always, maybe I'm just being super paranoid, but I'm like, eh, Macau, I don't know if I want to be the guy that's like stumbling into some place that I'm not really supposed to be. Like, are they going to get super mad? Uh, uh, so no, I was probably more timid than I would have been if it was a Vegas okay. spot. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend being bold in, say, Dubai, but, you know, I think you could have gotten, you probably could have gotten away with it in, in Macau. Well, I think additionally, if the alcohol isn't flowing the same as it would be in Vegas, right? Like your your inhibitions are uh, still there, so it, it might be a little bit more difficult to uh, cross the line, so to speak. It's definitely true. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I would love to be able to see more and more of those private gaming areas or the junket rooms and stuff. But even on the tours that we got to do, that was never on the menu. They, you know, for happy to show you restaurants and hotel rooms, but the gaming spaces were sacred. Uh, maybe Lino can pull some strings or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Are you guys planning to do gambling when you're there? Um, and I, Han, I can't remember how much gambling you've done on previous trips, if at all. My my personal gambling record was sort of spotty. I mean, I always have fun, but um, in Macau, I didn't do. I spent a lot of time doing other stuff, and I didn't really gamble a ton, which is sort of funny, giving its given its status. But uh, there are some interesting, fun games there. Han, did you do much again last time? And are you planning to gamble this time around? I'm definitely going to gamble. Uh, but I'm not going to gamble as much as I normally would, like on a Vegas trip, um, mainly because, well, the minimums are quite high, right? Like, if you're going to bet anything in Venetian or or Win Macau, you're you're doing 300 Hong Kong dollars, maybe 500 Hong Kong dollars. Uh, so I, when I did gamble, I'd, I'd end up going to these small dinky places on the peninsula, to be to be frank, um, where you can find a hundred dollar Hong Kong dollar um, blackjack. And actually, the Sofitel was one of the places, the Pont 16. Oceanus was the other one, and Real Casa or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah those were the three places where I found $100 uh, Hong Kong dollar blackjack, which is about, what, $13, $14? Um, so, you know, I can handle that. But when you're starting to go to, like, 40 50 U.S. dollars a hand, that's, you know, that could... That could get painful very quickly. <laughs> so is is blackjack your game? That's definitely my game. I don't like the Macau version, to be frank. You know, they use a European-style uh, 
what, what is it? There's no whole card, and then everything's an auto shuffler. So there's no counting. Not that I can really count, but you know, I don't know. Just kind of the flow of the game never really goes anywhere because of the shufflers. But I, I I did okay last time. I was I was up in Macau on my previous trip. Uh, my first trip, I was definitely down. Uh, I played some baccarat. Um, didn't really know what I was doing. Just kind of following what other people were doing, and and I had learned quickly that uh, you know there are these, these streaks, and uh, the streaks didn't go my way. So. <laughs> I uh, so Eric, I, this is the thing I, I'm actually super interested to hear from you on this. But um, so my so last time around. I, I my probably my favorite game is craps. We did play some craps. It was weird because I'm used to like screaming and yelling, or at least being enthusiastic. And um, you know, it, they kind of looked at us funny <laughs> when we were when we were doing our little cheering section at the end of the table. Uh, and that first session was terrible. We got completely wiped out in like two seconds. <laughs> um, but I did end up playing other games. Like uh, I can never remember. I never know if I'm pronouncing these things right. But I don't know if it, is it Sickbo. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. so playing that was quite a bit of fun which I hadn't done before and then Fantan or Fontan I don't know how to pronounce that either but mm-hmm. also a very strange game I didn't play I just watched but it was very interesting to see um, but Eric are you planning to gamble and if so what are you excited about well uh, you just told me that they have craps which I did not believe to be the case so uh, I have a, a, a new reason to be excited um, so Gambling trips, I think between the three of us, I'm probably the heaviest gambler. Easily. (laughs) (laughs) Easily. Okay. So I'm not viewing this as a real gambling trip where, you know, I'm going to be giving constant action. Um, But I'm looking to experience what the casinos have to offer, right? So uh, I mean, I, I... you know, Sikbo, I will play. Fontan, I will play. That's that's the one where they push the beads around, right? Yeah, little, they look yeah. honestly. They look like uh, like um, man, my brain is failing. Like but buttons. They look, yeah, they look like buttons, like buttons yeah. on a t-shirt, on a yeah. button-down shirt. Yeah. Okay, so I mean uh, that that's just for the story. That's worth playing. Um, <laughs> uh, in the last year or so, I've gained a new appreciation for baccarat. So I I think there will be a lot of Baccarat um, in my future. Uh, I look forward to the Blackjack. Um, Yeah, you know, I I think the whole experience and, you know, how you mentioned, like, the the cheering isn't necessarily appreciated there. The the cultural differences, um, I I think that's really kind of what I'm looking forward to. And it's not going to stop me from cheering at the craps table. I don't, I don't. Right, I don't mind if they look at me or you know, um, you know, think it's uh, inappropriate behavior. Um, but I, I like to observe that, like gambling etiquette as a whole, is really interesting to me, and to see how it's handled there, that's um, that's going to be uh, great. People watching it. Um, you mentioned uh, craps, and I'm trying to remember. So I played at Venetian. Um, and they had at least two tables when we were there. Um, I'm trying to remember where else, if else, I saw it. I'm pretty sure I saw it at MGM on the peninsula. I don't know if I ever saw it at Wynn or not. So it's not everywhere, I don't think. But they do have some tables. And yeah, I mean, they, you know, we were doing our traditional sort of uh, whooping it up as things were going. And they, they weren't 
uh, like upset with us, but they were looking at us like, who are you? I mean, I guess part of it is like everyone else at the table is Chinese <laughs> and there's, and there's Chuck and me and John and we're like, you know, <laughs> we look very out of place. Um, but uh, it was fun, even though uh, that particular session was a complete bust. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, so I wish I have never really gotten comfortable at a baccarat table, uh, and so of course that's the game. That's the biggest game there. Um, I guess I just need to suck it up and sit down and not worry about screwing up and just trying to have a good time. But maybe was, that's easier with with other people. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's actually very easy. You, you really yeah. can't screw up baccarat. It's uh, not just like blackjack where people get yell at you if you take their card. Well, people will yell at you at the baccarat table, but, <laughs> but it has nothing to do with uh, like you're not screwing up the game. Good, good. Right. So they, you know, there's there's discussion over you know who's going to win the next hand, and and by discussion, you know, at least on the East Coast in the you know Asian game rooms, sometimes it gets a little loud, but that's part of the fun. Uh, I, maybe they don't get loud in Macau. Maybe you know. Um, the the kind of um, pushing people to go one way or the other, you know, it it doesn't matter. You make your bet and it wins or it loses. That's it. I, I think there is some animation around the baccarat table, from what I recall, in yeah. Macau. But at the craps table, I mean, I played at MGM Co. Title on my last trip, and you know, I look like what you know the locals or whoever the Chinese who are there. But when I started hollering and, and whooping, you know, they, they, they knew I wasn't one of them, you know. So, <laughs> and I definitely felt like, oh, okay, I guess I'm not supposed to do this. So it's it's kind of a very strange experience to to be almost like chastised for your your you know being excited for hitting a point or something. It's it's just really weird. The whole the whole place and the whole thing was kind of like I mean that's a, to me sort of a microcosm of the whole experience, right? It's like so much of it feels familiar, but it's also so different. Um, it, and I honestly love that about it. And that's part of what has really captured my imagination and, and have me, you know, every time I'm done with the trip, I'm planning my next one. Um, because it's just fascinating to me to see this stuff that seems like familiar, should be familiar, but it's just sort of remixed in a different way. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I, I think casinos are fascinating in general. And so to get to see this version of them uh, is, is pretty amazing, especially, you know, considering how much money is being wagered and won and lost there. I mean, it's, you know, arguably the casino capital of the world, definitely in terms of revenue, depends on, I guess, how you slice it. But it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty amazing place. No, I find it endlessly fascinating. And I'm always curious by the Vegas community's response to Macau. Like, I, th I just think a lot of people don't want to go, or maybe they just think the cost of going is just too high, you know, whether it's actually, you know, in terms of time, in terms of effort, in terms of actual money. Um, but I'd rather spend my money on Macau just, and even if I didn't even lay a one bet, I, I would rather just hang out in Macau. Uh, it's just that interesting to me, just fascinating, the, the infrastructure, the 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 gambling culture being so different alien um i you know i could probably just hang out there and, and not not gamble and just have a blast it's funny you mentioned the vegas community reaction because i've talked to uh since since going these those two times been a pretty enthusiastic cheerleader and i've heard from a lot of other folks uh pretty much the whole spectrum right i've heard 
people are like, wow, that sounds really interesting. I might want to go there someday. To, oh, okay, yeah, it may be kind of interesting. I kind of doubt I'll ever go there. But I've also heard, yeah, stop talking about Macau. I don't care about Macau. Stop talking about Macau. <laughs> um, so it's funny. I find that funny. <laughs> <laughs> I find that funny, too. I can understand why some people would say, all right, maybe it's interesting, but not for me. Like, just the distance to travel to get there might be the, you know, that's, and the expense, right? So, um, if Vegas is, uh, you know, you're, you're in California for you to get to Vegas, isn't really that big of a deal. Um, but to cross the Pacific, you know, that's obviously a much larger deal. And if it doesn't speak to you, then, you know, I, I, I get that. But the people telling you, you know, stop talking about Macau. That you know that I, I find that to be fascinating because I, I'm not sure I understand why somebody wouldn't want to hear about something that is interesting and different. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I I probably shouldn't like lump a bunch of people into uh, one group necessarily. I don't know. I think I've the some of the feedback I've heard is sort of the equivalent to like. Yes, I love Las Vegas, but I don't care at all about hearing about Indian gaming in Nebraska and putting Macau in that bucket. Like a place I'm never going to go. I don't just because I like Las Vegas doesn't mean I am interested in this. Um, and so I, I, I've heard, you know, I've heard basically the equivalent of that um, from at least a couple of people, and uh, you know, to each his own, I guess. Well, I mean, obviously they're entitled to their opinion. Right, and I've I've never been, so maybe I don't have a right to speak. But to lump Macau in with Indian gaming in Nebraska, that seems to be awfully myopic. I mean, that's yeah, okay. Yeah, I I totally agree with you, Eric. I I, I it doesn't uh, compute to me. But you know, I don't know. Uh, if you don't, yeah. you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. Yeah, there. I mean, there are some really huge, huge Vegas fans that love, love, love Las Vegas that are big that. Are, love gambling, love all about it, and they are like, I just couldn't care less about Macau, and it's just not a thing on my radar, so, so be it. Yeah? Okay. Um, we've been going for an hour. This has been fun. I'm, I'm suggesting maybe we'll cut it off, and we can reconvene at a future date and talk about some more stuff. There's still plenty of stuff to talk about. Yeah, Certainly. sure. Yeah, that'd mm-hmm. be awesome. How do you guys feel about that? Great. Okay, cool. Well, this has been super fun. Um, I hope that uh, folks listening along have also enjoyed it. Um, as of the recording of this, it's actually not entirely clear where this is going to be published, but I'll say for anyone listening, when it is published, there will be some way for you to leave a comment, response, Twitter comment or something. And so when that you figure that out, let us know what you think, because that can sort of influence what, what we talk about in the future. So, um, I wish I could be more specific, but (laughs) we'll, uh, we'll get there. So um, thank you to both of you guys. This has been super fun, and I look forward to uh, our next outing. Thank you, Hunter. Thanks, guys. This was great.